another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to The Gathering Songs, The Dark Crystal Discussions. The story runs deeper than you know, and you are part of it. And what are those funny marks? This is all writing. What's writing? The words that stay. When single shines the triple sun. Of your sundered and undone shall behold the two made one. And here's your host, Philip Mitchell. Hello and welcome to The Gathering Songs. Um, This is episode 21 um, of the podcast and it's the first episode that we're going to do this as a video, um, if all works well. Um, So I just want to thank you all for joining in and as we uh, uh, continue and as we're going to discuss um, about the new comic book series from uh, Akea Boom Studios called Beneath the Dark Crystal. Um, issue one just came out on uh, July the 4th. Um, and, you know, for, for a lot of us, this was really exciting. Yes, everyone's got their covers. Um, I, I got the cover on me. I should have brought it with me as well. Silly me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I got the Doug Peterson cover, um, Doug. And yeah, like that was one of my favorites, uh, which was really cool. Um, so, so we're, we're going to chat about the first issue and we'll get, see how we go. So to introduce everyone, um, I just want to, uh, we'll, we'll go first to Nancy Gray, Nancy, um, who is the author of, um, the Blood Rain sort of saga films and was, and was an entry in the Dark Crystal author quest, um, many, many years ago. So I just want to say, Nancy, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me again. Great to be here. <laughs> no worries, Nancy. And um, our next guest, uh, we, we have uh, uh, Doug Fisher, um, though here on the show, he's known as The Fish. So, Fish, thank you for being on the show. Always a pleasure. Thank you, man. Yeah. And of course, uh, we've got uh, Peter M., um, the, the author um, uh, from, uh, I know there are these books that you've been um, writing um, at the moment, and it just uh, forgotten what it was called. What was it called again? The, the books that you've uh, currently working I'm on? writing the Dwim Saga. Dwim it's a saga. sci-fi trilogy. Yes, the sci-fi trilogy, yes. So um, with the Dwim, Dwim Saga. So uh, thank you so much for Peter for being back on the show. It's always great being here. Excellent. And um, and last but not least, we've also got Jason Delgado. Um, uh, Jason, did I did I pronounce your surname right? Because I know there's been a couple of times. You, I you think did I, that time. Yes. The, the way you could technically pronounce it is Jason Delgado. Yeah, Delgado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> On my Lord of the Rings is Delgado. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think that was one of the things, I think when I first chatted to you on the show, um, On Trial by Stone, I think that sort of popped up. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that was all. Uh, for yeah. our... it, it cracked me up. So, yeah. it was all good. <laughs> so, uh, so of course, uh, Jason, um, he's been uh, doing these YouTube videos uh, called The Dark Crystal Conjunction. Um, which is basically like a uh, pretty much uh, there's a YouTube channel called Star Wars Explained, which is sort of um, every day um, that they post videos about Star Wars and him talking about what's been happening and stories in the books and comics, etc. Um, so you're doing your own sort of Dark Crystal take um, on that um, sort of as the inspiration. So I just want to say, Jason, thank you so much for being on the show. Yep. Howdy, y'all. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. 
Thanks for yeah. having me. <laughs> <laughs> for first time video caller as we um as we're doing this for the very first time and yeah, I mean I'm I'm hoping this all works really well. Um and this is something, you know, that we're going to um, you know, look into for future sort of shows um to do to make these sort of video shows to put them on YouTube as well um as an alternative for for our listeners and and uh, viewers as well on the YouTube to check out check it out. So, um, I guess, you know, let, let's start off. I mean, I, I think, I think I'd have to admit, I, I don't know if you guys, are, um, that I was, I was really surprised, uh, when they first, um, announced that they were going to do a follow-up sequel, um, to the Power of the Dark Crystal called Beneath the Dark Crystal, uh, which was announced, I think like early, early this year, early 2018, that they announced that this is what they're going to go with. I, I really thought Power of the Dark Crystal was going to be sort of the last thing in the timeline and for them to sort of focus on mm-hmm. on the past. Um, I actually wanted to know, just sort of, you know, I, I guess we might as well chat about briefly just sort of our overall thoughts on Power of the Dark Crystal because I know I'm I know I'm know, sort of skipping it over, you know, for for Beneath the Dark Crystal. So I might start with you, um, Jason, uh, just, just sort of, you know, your quick overall thoughts with Power of the Dark Crystal before we delve, delve deep into Beneath the Dark Crystal. I was glad that Power of the Dark Crystal finally came out in some form. You know, it was mm. in production hell forever, a yes. bit trying to be a movie. Um, I was glad that uh, they did finish it. And you're right, too. I thought when issue 12 came out that it was done, it was over. Mm. We're going to spend more time in prequel-type era. Uh, but, yeah, it was very surprising to get that. I would definitely say for the listeners that – before you jump into Beneath the Dark Crystal, you will want to read all the Power of the Dark Crystal. I think it assumes you should have read those. Um, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I overall enjoyed it. It was always an intriguing read, um, especially when you started getting to the last final months, kind of finding out what happens. A lot of really cool stuff, especially mm-hmm. new new worlds like Mithra. Mm-hmm. Like you never knew that existed before. And boom, there it was underneath, you know, in that down that long, fiery shaft the whole time. <laughs> yeah. um, so it definitely had some cool stuff, had some great creatures. Uh, when I reread it, I, I enjoyed it more, especially after listening to the author and him explain some of the stuff. Uh, you know, I, I still had the issue of like, oh, the Urskex came back. Mm. And, or well, not the Urskex, but the, the Skeksis came back and, and the Uru. Um, I still had that kind of issue. But when I gave it that second read through, I enjoyed it a lot more for what it was. And uh, o- o- overall, I, w- I was positive. I was, I'm, I'm always mm. happy to get more Dark Crystal stuff. Yes, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely. And especially at this time now, you know, with the comic and, and also, I mean, we're still getting uh, J.M. Lee's sort of um, his next uh, two books um, of that four book series that's going to come out. And then sort of, you know, all, you know, with Age of Resistance as well, just to top it all off. So um, a lot of Dark Crystal sort of happening, um, you know, and now and, and, and into the future. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like as for myself, like, yeah, I was sort of like, you know, you know, reading it, I wasn't a huge fan of how sort of the mystics and Skeksis came back. And it wasn't really too much. Like <laughs> and I think most of you probably <laughs> agree um, that it seemed like, you know, sort of thinking about, I can understand why they would do it in the movie or like in the story, because it's like, you know, you got to bring those characters back because that's all the characters we know and love sort of thing. So I can understand why, but I don't think it sort of... Um, wasn't the best i guess i don't know but after chatting with philip kennedy johnson about it and you know sort of giving his own explanation of how they came back sort of like how 
they sort of came back because they were so deeply, those characters were so deeply connected to the crystals. So whatever happened to the crystals sort of affected them to then sort of come back to Thra. Um, and so after that, I was sort of like, okay, you know, and then, yeah, again, like, I think, like you said, Jason, when I read it for the second time, you know, start to end, you know, non, you know, binge reading it. Um, I definitely enjoyed it for what it is. And I mean, I like the characters, I like the world, I like the setting. Um, but I think the story was, um, yeah, it was just, it was just okay. There wasn't much, um, to it. Um, but I guess, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone else. I think, I think to... Nancy has some feelings yeah. on it. I yeah, can't yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be nice. Yeah. I am. I I did not like it. Yeah. There, I have two pages of notes of why I didn't like it, and one yeah. page of notes, like a half a page of notes of what mm. things I did like. Because I was yeah. like, I gotta be fair. There were things I liked about it, or else I wouldn't have gotten through it. Yeah. But, the, the Skeksis and the Uru... Well, I didn't get that the Skeksis were like... They came out of the crystal, but the Uru were somehow still there. I was like, but they all merged together at the end of the film and became the Earth Skeks, and they went back to their own planet. Why are they here now? Mm. And it just... Uh, yeah. I felt like it would have been a stronger story if they had left them out. Because it's mm. like... We would have these really deep scenes where, like, something was going wrong and the crystal was dimming and, you know, there was these this blight on the land and all this really interesting stuff. And then suddenly the scenery-eating bad guy would be there. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, just just leave them out. It would have been a better story, in my opinion. Mm, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I just... I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tried to look at it and open the mind when I saw the yeah. cover and it's like, okay, it's like, you know... They look like Jen and Kira look evil, and yeah, zombie looking. This gig looks like something out of a nightmare, and I'm just yeah. sitting here looking at this, going, "I am not gonna like this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was but, such a very interesting, uh, yeah, cover that oh they sort God. of went with. Um, but I think that that's a great thing about Beneath the Dark Crystal. Um, probably one of the things I really enjoyed about it was I, I felt like it was a bit refreshing in a way that you know we we got no mystics and no skexies, you know so far into the story i guess yeah. you know <laughs> who knows they could come back again um I, I certainly hope not i certainly hope not i i really think the story for them in power i i hope that that is sort of the end of their story you know in that timeline uh certainly looking forward to seeing them you know in age resistance and all the prequel stories um i think they're definitely well suited you know to to that era but um, in regards to sort of um, the power of the dark, uh, you know, the power of the dark crystal era, the age of power, um, that um, yeah, I think it's you know, I, I I'm really looking forward to reading you know the rest of Beneath just because you know it sort of feels fresh and and yeah, I mean there was some stuff that definitely went down um, with Beneath the Dark Crystal, um, so yeah, I guess without further ado, I might, we might as well get get started with our discussion with uh, Beneath the The Dark Crystal. I, I guess, you know, one of the things, um, you know, with issue one, I know it starts with the narrator tells a story about, you know, the two worlds that sort of exist into one. Um, so now we have Thra and Mithra um, that sort of exist now. Um, so it's always been very interesting that they've never sort of intertwined with each other, you know, in the past. Um, I liked it. I think it was interesting how I think it said it was entering a new age yet to, to be determined, 
Though I think, Jason, I know at the end of issue 12, it, w- it was referring to it as the um, the Age of Harmony. Am I right about that, Jason? Yeah, which the first age, or mm. one of the first ages, is also called the Age of Harmony. Yes, so I, yeah. I, like, I remember we were chatting. <laughs> I like, it's the Age of Harmony. Well, I, when I was writing it down in my notes, I call it the Age of Harmony slash Rebirth because the crystal yeah. gets reborn. Yeah, not, and, and I think you, you had a good description for it as well. Oh, uh, yes, I, I call it the, the, the second age of harmony. Sort of there like, you, uh, you know, sort of the Lord of the rings kind of thing, you know, right, you have yeah. first, second, third age, you know, the second age of harmony. That's sort of sort of my head canon, <laughs> you know, it, you know, but uh, but who knows? I mean, because it's saying that it's an, a new age yet to be determined, but I think that's probably more about what the story yet to come um, in that regards. Uh, I, I know um, Ethan um, Erskar, who's uh, uh, you know part of the sort of the dream fasting, the Dark Crystal experience. I know he's posted um, his sort of co- commentary on the comics, uh, which which was a great uh, great read um, that I really liked. Um, like you know his his thoughts, um, you know, in that sort of uh, with beneath the Dark Crystal. Sorry, he mentions that um, I think his one of his first comments was like, "But now in this new age, the crystals light." reaches beneath the dark crystal and having read this comic several times now i feel like this issue is implying that the crystals never touched mithra until now um like sharing the crystals a new thing uh, the power series suggested that uh, there had always been a connection between worlds it was just temporarily uh blocked so i thought yeah that was sort of interesting yeah the fact because they were both always connected it probably wasn't until probably that hundred year gap in between the dark crystal and power the dark crystal that you know, things were starting to get a bit blocked, you know, from both worlds. Yeah. And, 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 and sort of going, you know, moving forward uh, and moving forward to that, especially with the timeline, we've actually seen like the characters that we know from power, they seem to have aged uh, quite a bit, especially with, with Therma, um, which I think, you know, it's probably just one mm-hmm. of those sort of representation. You could sort of take it as sort of like a representation of the art um, you know, the, because it's a, a different um, artist who's working on Beneath the Dark Crystal, Alexandria, um, uh, hunting, Huntington? Huntington. Huntington, yeah. Huntington. I, kind of, yeah. I kind of feel that's done purposefully mm. because um, he's thinking back on her in one of the other um, pictures and she looks younger. And then mm. when you actually get to um, her point of view and everything, she looks older. Which I thought was actually really cool. Yeah, that was one of the things I liked about it. It's so much like even if they're not older per se or much older, mm. they've matured to such a way that they're portrayed more adult in this comic than they were in the original. Yeah. In the power, I mean. Yeah. Well, it's like they've they've been through something in power, right? That kind mm-hmm. of affect on them, kind of that. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that was one of those things where I, I was really um, interested to know, you know, whether how much time has passed and uh i like to me because i think throughout the comic i think this says it's pretty much happened sort of soon very soon after the events of power um that the the, you know that this story beneath sort of um occurs um but yeah my my vote was uh, just looking through my notes that it's a direct continuation that art can be reinterpreted and um and i think the following pages the, the as we get into i think the father character says that it was a short while, so, um, so yeah, and so we sort of get into um, we, so we sort of see sort of the overall story of what's to come, um, 
and again, I think we did chat about, uh, I know you mentioned about this, Jason, that, uh, that this was uh, a sequel to Beneath the Dark Crystal. I, I actually wanted to know with everyone, your opinions, um, may, maybe yourself, Peter, just, um, you know, from a storytelling point of view, when you're telling a story that takes place, um, you know, if you're writing like a second book or if you're writing just a second story or even in books that you probably read in general, um, uh, did you feel like Beneath did a good job of trying to sort of, you know, uh, sort of let uh, readers know like what happened in Beneath the Dark Crystal? Because I've read a lot of reviews um, from particularly with the new readers and I was sort of really confused about the timeline where it was set and not realizing that they probably needed to read um, Power of the Dark Crystal so, to sort of get um, so to get um, to know what's happening beneath and more about the world and the settings and the characters and all that kind of stuff. So I actually be curious, Peter and Nancy, just your thoughts on that from that story um, uh, aspect. Yeah. Well, um, I'll be brief as uh, Nancy has more extensive notes, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just in terms of any book, um, there's always the, you always have to put in at least a little bit mm. for someone who's never heard of it before, picks it up and wants to read it. And so, you know, whether that's, you know, three or four paragraphs or a chapter, it depends. Uh, for this, uh, I have to say, I have not actually read all of the Power of the Dark Crystal series. Okay. So I didn't pick it up at the time it came out. And by the time I started reading it, uh, there's all sorts of mixed reactions. I kind of went, mm, story, as Nancy said, story isn't strong. And that actually hurts me as a writer. Mm. So I thought, mm -hmm. you know, I probably don't want to <laughs> just sort of binge it and go, oh, that wasn't what I thought. So I was interested to come at the power of the Dark Crystal, mm. um, or sorry, uh, Beneath the Dark Crystal, yeah. uh, without having read the previous. And okay. coming at it that way, I can say that I understood about 80% because mm. the callbacks were subtle mm. and they mm -hmm. didn't rely on the power of the Dark Crystal, yeah. which was great. So yes, yeah. it's a group of characters that we're introducing. Here's a story that's interesting and, you know, go for it. And it made sense to me. I actually liked it quite a lot. But Nancy, what did you have on that? Well, I actually had an interesting take on this because I read first too, mm. just like you did. I oh. bought this book first. I didn't know you had to have read Power of the Dark Crystal to actually pick up on these things. I think I actually mentioned to Philip, I was like, I don't get where Jin and Kira went. Do I need to know all this stuff? And I felt like I really wanted to, because they would hint at things that happened. Like, I was like, oh, there's this cool eel dragon creature. Where did it come from? Why is, yeah. is everyone all freaked out about it? And yeah. then they were talking about how Jin and Kira were gone. And then Algra's like, not gone, you know, or you're just not here. And I'm like, so did they die or because this is auger we're talking about here i'm like did they die hmm. uh, are they in a different place are they in a different part of thrust so i actually i it's the same thing about you know 80 percent you get if you pick this up without reading power and um there are still things i don't quite get because they don't seem to line up to me with power, but there's a lot that I got from reading it. I think they definitely intended you to read power first. Even mm. when I'm writing my books and things like that, you have to have a certain 
you either have to be very subtle and tell people what happened in the previous book or you almost have to have an information dump. And it's better if you're subtle, but sometimes you kind of have to have a combination of the two because it seems like if people pick up a second book and they haven't read the first, they just don't mesh up well enough. Mm. And I well, feel like... A... There, there's a curiosity and understanding, I think, yeah. of what you're saying, Nancy. You want the new yeah. reader to be curious about what happened before, but you also mm -hmm. want them to understand what's actually going on in this story that's happening. And that's exactly. that's the subtle balance. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I enjoyed it, but I'm sure I would have got more out of it. Yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. difficult to do, especially in such a rich setting like The Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah. Because you're building off of a of people who have seen the movie, who mm -hmm. haven't seen the movie, who have read the prequels, haven't read the prequels, may have read uh, may have read this one first and haven't read Power and things like that. So it was is a difficult thing to do. I felt like they did a pretty good job of it, but there were some things that if you've watched the movie and haven't read Power, that were really you really wanted to know what happened to Jin and Kira because mm. if you watch the movie and you pick this up, you're like, oh my God, what happened? Did they die? And then yeah. you want to pick up power. So that was interesting for me because I picked it up and I was like, I I feel like I've got where they're going with this story, but I don't know enough. Mm. You know, so I actually felt like I had to get power at the Dark Crystal, which... Mm. I, I was kind yeah. of loathing doing, but yeah. I did it, and I read it, and yeah. at least I get an idea of where they're coming from now. Yeah, so I think that was sort of one of the big things where I I felt like, yeah, they definitely probably needed sort of a bit of a a previously on The Dark Crystal. Um, <laughs> I, I know some comics, they, they, they usually do have little blurbs at the start. Um, I mean, one of the comics I read, of course, is Star Wars, and they always have the crawl at the start of each issue, um, because if you think about it, with the comics, they're only coming out every uh, once a month, and sometimes you know, if you're buying a lot of comics, it's, it's it's probably hard to sort of keep track of you know what's happened in the pre you know in the previous issue. Um, so I'm I'm really curious. I'm really hoping. I'm be curious if they're going to do that with issue two or whether they just it's just going to you know be like I mean even Power didn't really have a you know description as well. You sort of had to follow through. Um, but that might be just the way the Boom Studio works. Um, I haven't read any of their other comics that um, do, you know, have like a blurb or that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I think it was just something that I sort of felt um, that they needed to um, uh, to work on. There, there's one other Boom, to go off what you were saying, Philip, there was, is one other Boom um, comic that I'm subscribed to. And it's a whole new world thing. It's not connected to anything else. And it, so it just starts. But again, it comes out monthly and issue two and three that I have, they just pick up directly where you left off. They don't give you that. But you're right. Most like I, I also subscribe it's... to a lot of Marvel, Marvel ones. And they usually give you like Nancy was saying, they give you the information dumps. It's, it's a comic book. You know, you don't yeah. have those three, four paragraphs. Play with, so they just say, oh, here's the scenario. Here's the setting. Boom, let's mm -hmm. go. But yeah. And... and I think I think power could get away with that because you've probably seen the movie if you were a Dark Crystal fan. So power could get away with that. But yeah, I agree. I think Beneath the Dark Crystal needed to give you at least an information dump. It's like if you watch anime or something like that, and suddenly, previously, this is what we've seen right. because it comes out once a week. This, this is worse because it comes out once a month. So it's like they have to do that information dump or you might not remember. 
See, here's here's one thing I've been wondering about in general, right? So I'm starting to wonder if this type of stuff we've been talking about with power and into beneath how we don't have a good feel for where we're at or whatnot with story and setting. I'm wondering if the world of the Dark Crystal, right, like Thra, the universe, whatever you want to call it, if it just lends itself better to prequel stories than sequel story, right? I don't know. So I think about like creation myths that, and and graphic novels, right? They did a really great job with those because they have time, right? You've got mm -hmm. to, like uh, Jason was just saying, right? It's hard to do that in a comic, right? Unless you just do like what you were mentioning Marvel does, which they say, here's where you are, go. But like creation myths, you know, you've got time because you've got, it's not rushed like mm -hmm. a comic, right? You've got 90 pages as opposed to 20 or whatever. So I'm starting yeah. to wonder if maybe it's even that, that the world of the Dark Crystal lends itself to prequels more than sequels. What do y'all think about that? There's also the whole thing of expectation. When you're writing about Jin and Kira, you're writing about heroes from people's childhoods. People are want, going to expect you to do a really good job, and they'll have an and they'll have something in mind that that you didn't necessarily have. It's it's harder to do something that happens in the future because you're bound to disappoint people. But with prequels, you don't have any of the same characters. You have a lot more liberty. You can make heroes of your own. And it's just, I think that's part of the problem because when I read the back of this and was like, it, it made it sound like they were power hungry and stuff like that. I'm like, I just can't see those characters going in that direction after they went through all that. And then it was... It just was more of the same where it just kind of built up and I just was, you, you're bound to have fans that are going to be disappointed. And I actually talked to Joey a little bit about this because he was really worried about doing the prequels. And I'm like, man, everyone's going to have an idea of how they felt the prequels should be. You need to write what's in your heart and what you've, you know, actually studied and just be true to it because you're not going to satisfy everyone. No. And yeah, especially after 30 years of waiting, we, yeah, we've thought we've yeah. already had these ideas on our yeah. stewing in our brains and going, deliver them. Yeah, and everyone who sees the end of that movie, it's left open-ended enough that it's like, what um, what happened at the end? And you can kind of imagine in my I, in my, you know, sort of naive way because I was young when the end of this movie came out. You know, I imagined it being fairly happily ever after. Surely they weren't the last two Gelflings there, so they probably, you know, gathered everyone together, created their civilization again, and everything ended peacefully and nicely. But of course, in reality, when you get older, you realize it's not going to be that easy. But at the same time, I don't know, I was still kind of disappointed in how they portrayed them. One thing, did anyone else ever ask this question? Why didn't they have any children? I actually asked that question, Just, I and was I came up with kind of a future story, which I won't go to get into. I may eventually write it, but it's, yeah. well, you've only got two Gelfling left, and they don't have kids. Where do the rest of the it, Gelfling come from? It was almost like they were an Adam and Eve sort of symbol at the yeah. end of the movie, like, repopulate the Earth. And I'm thinking, yeah. what really got to me about the end of the Power series was the fact that it was like, they didn't have an heir. And I'm like, why don't they have an heir? Why haven't they been trying to portray the vision of the peace that they wanted to draw to to a child of their own unless they just couldn't have children because they're clearly in love. They're still well, talking you know, to each with, other in each other's minds the whole time. With the, with the sequel idea, you know, it's in terms of a fixed point. Here's the point 
where everybody goes, Dark Crystal ended. Great. So that's the peak of action. The Urskex, you know, are gone yeah. and Thra's mm -hmm. back to, you know, the original owners, if you will. So we can only go down from here or do we kind of shift direction? So as Fish was saying, you know, prequels mm -hmm. are easier because they've always got that fixed yeah. point to go up to. But mm -hmm. an interesting um, example would be uh, Batman Beyond. So you had a new future series, you know, that's been nothing like before, but builds yeah. on the previous. And it built it extremely well. And interesting characters, new dynamics, new relationships. So that's what you want to bring into in a property or story, what have you, that's well established. It's here's what went before, but building from that, we have something fascinating and new, but still retains some of the character of that. So there's yeah. a good bridge between the two. The whole Jin and Kira relationship is very much kind of mirrored by the whole uh, Kencho and Therma relationship, too. So it's like they're kind of bringing back that dynamic in a different story, which I thought they did very well. That was in my nice. little page of things they did well <laughs> also. I see, I see so some that. video. Like, like if... If Philip wants us to do this on video, I'm going to take yeah. full advantage of this. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I see, I just met you. Let's fall in love and rule the planet. Right. I mean, so that's like the Therma, the, the Therma Kensho relationship for me. Like, so that's what I wrote in some of my notes. It's like, but it's like a, it's like a faded echo of Jen and Kira. You know, it's to me, it's yeah. like, and I don't want to be too pessimistic. Um, but I feel like that's a little bit like lazy writing, right? It's like, uh, I don't know if y'all watched the series The Office, the American version where they had Jim and Pam and then they had Andy and whatever her name was, Aaron. Um, and they ended up breaking that up because they're like, all right, we've already done the salesman and the receptionist, right? Let's take it a different direction. And I feel like, what do, what do, we, what do we doing here? I mean, this is moving different direction to a degree because they're different characters and they have different stories. But it just feels a little bit, and I think that's my my problem overall with these comics in general that I've read is like, I just and I'm trying to give grace to writers because God knows it takes a lot of talent to do what they do, man. But like I think it's hard to find that tone, right? To find the right tone for the Dark Crystal. Like I think you got a visionary like Jim Henson and Brian Froud that came together and created a magical baby. And I just think it's hard to do that ever again. Uh, you know, so you take like I think um uh, Saying earlier, you know, we we've been waiting on this for 30 years, so our expectations are pretty pretty high. Well, you know, I don't think it can ever that, be bad. Think about this. That that's just the thing, and this happens in movies and things like this all the time. I'm 36, so I watched this when I was growing up, and what they're trying to do is they evoke that nostalgia by putting a relationship like that in there. I mean, it makes sense when you think about it. They want new people, so they put in the romantic relationship. They try and make it as close to what we saw when we were growing up as they can to get us into it again. And that's kind of what they, they've done that with Star Wars. Think about the new Star Wars movies and how, like, you know, the new one from Disney was just like, you know, the first one that we saw when we were kids. But... There's a reason for that, and I it's I feel like they're kind of did a little better with Beneath, because it was like with Power, they did that, they set us up for it, now they're doing something new, which I liked. I, I 
thought that it was kind of gimmicky that they brought the 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 Skeksis and the Uru back. I just felt like I was like, this is a really interesting story. I know what you're doing here because you know I got a degree in media arts. I know what you're doing here, but I don't like it. <laughs> I was like, because it, it just was like they could have. If you think about it, the Skeksis were in a cage through most of the first part of that story. They didn't even have to be there. None of that had to be there, and it was still would have been a compelling story. So this is what That's I'm interested what I, in, Jason. Like Jason's take, like you seem just from the little I've heard you talk and I've read your stuff and seen your videos, you seem to have a little bit different angle on it, right? Like of positivity, and like you seem to enjoy yeah. it. You seem to be enjoying it more than I do, and it makes me very angry. Um, so tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell, so tell me what it is that you really enjoy these. Like, what is it you enjoy most about these comics you've read so far, man? Overall, the main thing is just just getting more Dark Crystal. So you know, it's it's like when your son draws you a picture and you're like, well, it's not the best art, but you're my son and I love you, so it's affectionate to you. And it's, again, it's that nostalgia thing. It's that nostalgia thing. Um, I I do think you're you're right though. I have enjoyed, I have greatly enjoyed the prequel stuff, greatly. And I I think some of that going back to story is because when they, they did, if you remember when, I believe it was Lisa um, Henson at, at a Comic-Con, I, maybe it was 2012 or 2013, when they had announced the author quest, actually. We did a we did a, a meeting amongst ourselves, um, a few, it was last year, actually, and we invited Arkea, we invited um, all Brian Froud, we invited everybody that we knew inside the company that was involved with any aspect of Dark Crystal and licensing, merchandising, publishing, development. Um, Hallie Stanford, who's sitting over there, does our TV development. She and all of her folks came. So um, we called that a meeting. We called that meeting the Great Conjunction. <laughs> <laughs> and we kind of overwhelmed Brian Froud with so many questions. We actually had a couple guys there who may be here. I don't know, but they they uh, they 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 were scribes. They like wrote notes on every single thing that was. That, that we learned and they asked questions and they unearthed mythological points that some of us didn't ever realize. Like they interpreted for us the wall of destiny, which we will talk to you about. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and out of that, we, 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 we wrote up the franchise Bible, which is something that a lot of companies do do, creative companies. And out of that, we said, this is fascinating. We need to, we want to put this out there. We want to develop the world more. Actually, and, and they had said that they, they sat down and they had a, a meeting called the Great Conjunction and Brian Froud was there and all these other guys, you know, all the other think head tanks of the Dark Crystal. Sure. And they mapped out a lot of stuff. And that's when we saw the website. A lot of stuff was mapped out. They filled in gaps. They put in major yes. events. And so yes. prequel stuff, you have a lot to play. You have, you have already, not, not a very tight template, but enough to where you know, you stick with it. With the newer stuff, it's kind of whatever. Um, and mm. I mean, power, there, there is still a lot of mystery because power of the Dark Crystal starts like a hundred years after. So when the Earthquakes say, you know, make Thrawn in your light, you know, creating your own light, like, ooh, wow, what's it going to be like? And I, I thought too, like you said, Nancy, like an Adam and Eve type thing and a new beginning mm. and this and that. Um, but we really, we don't know too much what happens because when we, we see them, they're sleeping. They're in some kind of like comatose, scalfling, knows mm -hmm. what fast um some kind of new thing but i i i have enjoyed the new characters i really mm -hmm. have enjoyed i do like kensho um, yeah you know, he's, he's 
he's kind of like your Captain America type guy where he just he lives by principle and he's going to do the right thing, even if if it's mm-hmm. against the Gelfling society. You know, I think they did go bad because there were corrupt people who didn't they didn't experience what Jen and Kira did. And they were sleeping, and apparently that didn't get passed down. Yeah, I, I wonder yeah. too. You know, it, it would be a great twist if the heirs of uh, Jen and Kira show up. If there are some, I think that'd be a great twist. Yeah, and beneath uh, an heir just suddenly shows up from one of the other queens, and that's like, yeah. I just thought he, it just didn't make sense to me because they were so in love. I'm like, did they lose their children? Did they just not have the way to have it after Kira was hurt? Oh, just yeah, once. Yeah. yeah, well, hopefully, just like one one line would have been enough. It just that that didn't make sense to me. But I really, oh, I love Kensho. Kensho, honestly, even though I know that Thermo is cool and everything, I felt like he should have been the main character. But that was just my opinion. Well, so can somebody educate me on this? So I'm not a big comic book guy, right? Like I n- never buy one comic book ever. And now I have bought two series, right? Because of the Dark Crystal. <laughs> so is this, and I've seen some comments on our Facebook group or whatnot, and I'm, gen, I'm genuinely curious, like, about the art, right? Like, is this generally how comic book art looks? Is this lazy uh, art, you know, artistry or not? Like, or is this kind of like, okay, that, that works. Who has experience there's, with comic books? I, there's a wide, wide variety of the types of art. Like comic books mm-hmm. now, I, I this is what I, I usually tell my friends when you know they're going down to the comic book store with me. I like it's like going to a library. Whatever kind of genre of book you want to find, you're gonna find that now in comic books. It's not just superheroes. It's not just fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you could find sci-fi. You could find you know there's storyteller stuff. There's there's uh, they they actually do historical stuff now in comic books too. So there is okay. a really wide variety. I do think this art is is on the higher scale of of good art actually in comic books. Um, okay. it's not, it's not the top tier best stuff. You, you see that kind of stuff in like the newest Spider-Man, the newest Avengers, the ones that they have, you know, they're rolling in the dough, you know, they can afford mm-hmm. the you know, top notch artists and whatnot. Um, yeah. and like for me, yeah, like, I sure, mean, with, sure. with art, like I, I've been pretty happy with the art with, with Beneath the Dark Crystal and yeah, like there's been so many like other comics, mm-hmm. like even, I mean, with the Star Wars, I mean, you probably know Jason, um, but some of the Star Wars issues where, they just seem like they just like Photoshop like the actor characters' faces from the film and sort of you know try and make them like ultra mm-hmm. realistic and don't have. I do not you know, like those. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> n- neither do I. So yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, just well, I, some... I can speak to it just a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, about my own experience, I, I'm not a big comic book buyer, but if I see something I like, I'll collect that series. Uh, I just recently collected the uh, Star Trek Next Generation Broken Mirror series. And the story is solid. The art kind of hit and miss. You know, they didn't go for ultra realistic, but, you know, most of the accurate details are there. What I like about Beneath the Dark Crystal is it's clean. So mm-hmm. it's colorful, it's clean, it tells the story, it doesn't get in the way. And I've seen uh, some amazing comics, you know, like the Sandman series, Neil Gaiman. Uh, you know, it's just gorgeous to look at. And oh, hey, there's some story there. I got lost <laughs> in the art. But it, it's well, not, you know, so intricate that you're like, what's what's going on? Where's the characters? Yes, thank you. I've, so, I felt like um, Power. I felt like Power of the Dark Crystal. They did a great job with like the backgrounds and a lot of the artwork. Yeah, because I the, did. The color is so vibrant, yeah, right? Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, 
beautiful oh, colors. You can see little creatures and things like that. And they put so much detail into the whole background. But when you actually see the characters, they're very simplistic, which mm-hmm. I thought, I don't know, in some scenes that, that kind of made sense. And in others, I felt like it detracted. Yeah, but I, I, I agree. Like, like, like with Gelfling yeah. and Podlings, like they're pretty simple. But like mm-hmm. Skeksis and Uru, like oh, you God. want those details. Yeah, and the Skeksis had like no detail at all. And that bothered me because I was like, even though they're technically, I guess they're more sharp edges and things like that, they did have lines and things on their beaks. And they, they didn't put that here. I couldn't differentiate between one Skeksis and another except for through the dialogue. Yeah, and style. That, yeah, does they did a much better job. Part of the job storytelling than... in comics. And mm-hmm. yeah, the Skeksis did look a little too cute in that last series for sure. Well, <laughs> it was like they were just too simplistic. They were, like I said, I, they struck me as scenery eating, and it might have partly been the art style. The the one of the things about Beneath that I really like is you can really see the expressions on the characters' faces. They put little details. They put maybe like a teardrop that hasn't fallen yet on the corner of the eye, stuff like that. It might be a small thing, but with comics, it does make a difference. It helps you feel the expression. It's part of your storytelling since you have a lot less words on the page. You know, even as I'm I'm looking at it now and I'm I'm seeing it and not, and this is besides the art, forgive me, but just looking at the story and all this, I I was just thinking to ask everybody a question, like, because I was sitting there asking myself, I was like, what what happened in this episode, right? What what happened in book one, really? I was sitting there to ask myself, like, what what did I read? What did I remember? And I think, and I was just looking at the last page, you know, where it's like, oh, um, it, you know, in what I'm calling it's Black Panther moment, uh, where another someone comes to challenge the throne, you know. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, so may, I'm thinking maybe this whole first episode is that that reminder of power. You know what I mean? Maybe they've spent the whole time yes. rem- reminding you. And now they're the last two pages are like, want to go save the world? Hey, I want to be emperor yeah. too. Like, Thank uh, you. oh. Bum, bum, <laughs> Thank you. Bum, bum, Thank right. you, Fish. That is exactly how I feel because I read this and I remember I wrote to Philip being like, can we do an entire podcast on this? (laughs) Because I felt like it was kind of a flashback to power. Like this was was the opening thing where it was like, okay, this is what happened last time. Now go. I'm actually kind of excited about the next one though, because it set me up. Yep. It, it it build up an expectation because, like I said, um, the art style is nice. I like the fact that characters are portrayed as have more of a portrayal of being more mature, and I like the fact that it sets it up for all that stuff going down. Like, even though I kind of get an idea of what Kinsho is trying to do, I'm not 100%. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to send the girl to basically trade in all this treasure, which is useless mm-hmm. to the Gelflings at this point, to go get seed, to go and get the supplies that they need to rebuild. But it doesn't explicitly say that. So it's like it's setting all this stuff up. You know, there's a challenge for the throne. He doesn't want to be a leader, but he wants to do something. He might even be going with her, and I'm not even sure. But I kind of like that because it's like it's like they took Beneath to take this and say, okay, all these people who didn't read Power, here's what's going on. And then at the end, it's like, now go. 
So that's kind of exciting to me. Sorry, just going to say exactly what Nancy said. It made me curious. So I'm happy with the setup, and these people seem interesting, and something happened before that has informed us to where we're going to go now, and when's issue two coming out? Mm -hmm. That's long and the short of it. Yeah, and I think like it. I think it was sort of their attempt to really try to you know build up what's happened in the past. Because I mean, we didn't sort of get the blurb or sort of description for for new readers. Um, and, and like I, I thought, you know, beneath the first issue was sort of like a, just a good sort of almost a bit of a reintroduction um, in a in a ways, um, which I kind of liked. And, and I know, yeah, we got introduced to Tula, um, an, a Gelfling character who's. Um, has some uh, similarities with Kensho, how she worked in the stables and um, that, that Kensho did at one point and she's interested in being a guard and that's what he was before. Um, so they have quite a bit in common. And I, I know sort of with sort of things, you know, sort of speculating whether there's a potential love triangle <laughs> between uh, Tula and... I, I hope not. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I, I got the... The um, the very small um, potential love entanglement because of just this picture right. If you can see it up there, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, it's it's like she's very close to him, and she's like, Kinsho, you saved this world, both worlds. If you think the girl thing should be doing something, speak up, you know. And I'm just like, because. <laughs> It's the classic love triangle because the entire first part, Thermos sitting here thinking about him and talking about how, gosh, I wish we could be, you know, I, I, I was thinking about you and thinking about how nice it would be if we could be in the same world and then I forced myself to stop. And, and then it's like, meanwhile, you haven't actually seen him thinking about her. And then suddenly this other character comes up and I'm like, oh, <laughs> don't do this to me too I felt like it, it feels like a forced thing which mm. is why I don't like it okay. there's yeah, honestly yeah. and when you look at this you know all the prequels and things are YA and the trend in YA is to put a love triangle in there even if you don't necessarily want it mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm guilty of this too there's almost <laughs> a love triangle in my Blood Rain series because yeah. <laughs> And this sounds bad, but it's what's expected of you. You're supposed to do it, whether you want to do it or not. And it just kind of, hopefully it's not going to become a big part of Beneath the Dark Crystal. I guess mm-hmm. we'll wait and see. <coughs> oh, yeah, when, 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 when they release. I'm not to land too much. <laughs> Being when author they... in the position, it just. <laughs> when they release the preview of Beneath the Dark Crystal and that you could see like four pages or six pages. Uh, I initially thought that too. I was like, oh, here's this girl and she looks like she has googly eyes and she's just like, mm-hmm. wow, gawking at, at Kensho. But then after I finished the first issue, I think Kensho, because Kensho, you know, they do have that kind of text message type thing through the crystal that, you know, they're, that's what I call it. I don't know what it is technically yet. Um, so, you know, they're in communication and you know, they had to, he, 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 the greater good of right now is to put a hold on that relationship. Hopefully he just puts a hold on it. Mm-hmm. and doesn't just reject her for this new, you know, whatever googly eyed yeah. fan girl, uh, Tula. And, um, he realizes, no, I need to save the world. And I need to do what I can for Thra. And mm-hmm. she realizes like, I need to do what I can for Mithra. So I think yeah. 
and, and and because, like I said, I think he's like the Captain America type. He lives by conviction and whatnot. Like, mm. I think he'll stay true to that. And this girl's just like, oh, she wants to help? Cool. Come help. And, and I, I don't – I hope. I'm going, I'm going to call it now, though, issue one. There's going to be no love triangle, and he's yeah. he's sticking with his Therma girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, 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 I got to so. call something. I don't have any other issues, so. Yeah. <laughs> in, um, in the Dark Crystal manga, there's like a scene where um, – Basically, you know, it's established a male-female relationship at the beginning, mm. and then there's this girl who's there, and it's like, oh, so brave, and he calls the love interest over to the table, and I'm like, hi, and you actually see her with this angry look on her face, and the next yes. panel, the rejected yeah. one that was, you know, trying to kind of muscle in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, here's, awesome. here's, here's one thing I'm thinking, too, with, uh, what was the girl's name, Tula? Was that the... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tula, okay. Tula the fangirl, or Tula the, the third wheel. Get out of here, Tula. Uh, no. So I'm thinking maybe. Uh, so now that I'm looking at it again, and I'm trying to give it more of a chance um, in my mind, I'm thinking maybe even Kinsho's looking at her and feeling like comfort because I think there's a lot of weight on his shoulders, right? Uh, people are coming to him saying, So, Kinsho, uh, Lightborn, what, uh, when you talk to the Earthskex, what do we do now? Uh, yeah. And I think that he sees her, and and they go back and forth. She's like, "Oh, I've worked in the barn in the kitchen." He's like, "Oh, I, yeah, me too. I used to, I used to have it easy like that too." And maybe now I've got some solace in somebody else, you know, who reminds me of what my innocence used to be. So maybe I don't know, Peter. Did you get any of that, or what do you think, man? Uh, I got a sense of purpose from the characters. I think everything else kind of falls beside that in terms of the way we be given setup. Uh, especially, you know, uh, with the Queen challenge as well. So I think Kensho is more purposeful than most, so I don't think he's going to let himself, if you will, and forgive me the word, distract himself with an interest. So I think that's going to be a driving force in the comic there. Yeah, and I do think that she was one of the few that was willing to actually do something, which he picked up on. Everybody yes. else was complaining, mm. and she was the only one who actually didn't complain to him, which is why he's like, hey, do you want to save the world? <laughs> Here's what you can do at the end. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, he really wants nothing to do with the Galflings, and he's sort of, you know, I think he mentioned about how it's like being, you know, Jen and Kira took over for 100 years, and look how it all ended up, and, you know, ruling for 100 years, like what difference is it going to make? So, yeah, I am really curious about... Well, what's going to happen? Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, this yeah. right there. Yeah. They say, Kencho, a savior. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And her eyes, dude. She's so fan right. right there. Yeah. And, that, and, that, that, and he's like, yeah. yes, uh, a savior. Yes. And that, 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 was so, actually, that was actually a fun moment um, when uh, Olga sort of decides that Kencho would be the leader of the Galflings. And yeah, he's just like shell-shocked. He's like, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> And which I guess you know that's why he sort of runs away and <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yes, the crystal has decided Kinsho will be the leader, and he's just like, Agra, did you just? Why did you do this to me? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like Willow, the bones have spoken. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever? Dad, forget the bird. Yeah. Go in the direction right. of the yeah. But with Thanks. with the Gelfling oh, acting like children, you know, Agra's the mother, and then mm. Ken shows the older brother. And it's just, well, I'm sorry, you know, 
you're halfway there. That's better than anybody else around. So you've got the job. Everybody else took one step back, and mm -hmm. <laughs> nobody gainsays Agra. Yeah, and it's interesting because you wonder how much of the history the Gelfling have of their time before the Dark Crystal movie, because they were, you know, a matriarchal society. There are seven, you know, Gelfling clans and things like that. And they, and they do mention some of the clans, but they don't seem to be the same as they were in the prequel era. So, you know, you wonder how much, you know, and, and, and their history we know is, you know, usually songs and storytelling. So it's not like a, they have Xerox copies of stuff. So they have a, you know, really precise history anyways. Yeah. Um, so it makes you wonder, like, do they know how they used to be ruled and what Agra's role was? And, you mm. know, Thank you for bringing that up. I didn't understand why they kept saying Erskex. the Erskeks tell you. Because I was like, I was under the impression through all the other books that the Erskeks basically were a long time ago. They told taught the Gelflings things. And then that the Skeksis just kind of warped that and basically acted like the Erskeks weren't a thing. So it's like they know they don't want to be under Skeksis rule. Maybe they're just reaching for straws here and saying, what did the Urskeks say? But I felt like that kind of was out of nowhere, too. Because I was like, mm. it feels like to me they'd be more upset that Jen and Kira left. Mm. Which I also didn't understand, but that goes into a whole nother... Well, no, it, it doesn't. It goes into here. Did you notice that that Jen and Kira looked younger when they left? And I don't know mm. why they left, because they went to, like, the Urskek planet. Because if we've established in previous books that the Dark Crystal is a warp point between worlds, yeah. I never understood why they left to go to the other world in the first place, especially because by the end panel of Power of the Dark Crystal, they look young again. And they actually mention in Beneath the Dark Crystal, this put some things, kind of tied some things together for me. They were saying how bathe yourself in the light you can mm. you know rule for a whole century it sounds like kira and jen did sort of what the skexies did and used the light of the dark crystal to yeah. prolong their lifetime mm. so sort of these things where it's like now granted the dark crystal was not dark at this point so it wasn't making them evil but it mm. did prolong their lives so they ruled for at least a century but it was one of those things I was like, none of these people would have heard even stories of the Urskeks at this point. That was like when they first were becoming an evolved race. They were part, you know, the Urskeks were teaching them how to farm and stuff like that. That's why I didn't get in this book. They're like, what did the Urskeks say? I'm like, why would you even think to ask that? Because to you, they were just aliens, and they disappeared, mm. like, right after they appeared. That's, but, that's the kind of stuff that in these series, I didn't mean to cut you I'm sorry if I did, but, like, that's, it just reminded me, like, that's the kind of stuff that gives me pause, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. as a, a reader and a lover of this world, where I'm just like, <sighs> okay, yeah, Urskeks, yep, yep, we love them. We all, we all love them, right? Yes, we do. We yeah. love Urskeks, like... Uh -huh. We get it. They were there. Agra was there. Skeksis and Uru existed. We got it. What's next? Like, so it's like when I see that stuff, when they keep doing these callbacks, they're like, oh, remember, remember when the Earthquakes were around now? Yeah, everybody remember yeah, the Earthquakes? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's that because no it's like, dear God. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, it's and, like and, clearly and, for the reader, like, not the characters. Yeah. Mm. This at probably best. seems like a nitpicky yeah. thing, too, yeah. because... I had to really immerse myself in this universe to write that story for the prequels. So it's one of those things that 
thinking back on all the research I did and stuff, I get, I think about these things, and sometimes I probably think a little too much. Someone who's picking this up for the first time might not think, they might think, oh, well, they, the Urskex looks really regal and whatnot. I'm sure that they would know what to do, but thinking back on the history, back in the day, that's what the Gelfling did, but at this point, this is so many generations removed, I just didn't understand it. So that was just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at, at best, the only thing I can think of is, and this is just kind of how I fill it in my in my head, is at some point, because Jen, Jen and Kara weren't always asleep. You know, it seems like they would get up every now and then, and people really looked yeah. up to them. You know, they're kind of the Adam and Eve, you know, they're kind of the creators of everyone else or the ruler, or they were the rulers. Uh, so perhaps there were times they, you know, because their only experience with the Urskex were, oh, you know, you just brought Kira back to life and you gave us the power of, mm. like, you made everything green and good again, you know, and you, you know, uh, it's, it's all good now. So kind of mm. like those, the um, Gelfling in the creation myths where, you know, they see him for a little bit of time and they, they see, you know, really just their best side and they start kind of worshiping them, basically, you know, having or starting kind of a little cult type thing or whatever. Um, you know, p- perhaps maybe that's all they know of them and they and they saw them, you know, take their rulers and make things right again. So. I don't know. That's the best I can kind of think of. I think yeah. this is kind of part of my struggle with some of these books. Like I think about the one, my last note on this really is like that I wrote about this is I feel like the writers are just painfully aware that I'm here reading it. You know, that's one thing like, like JM Lee's books so far, like they've not been like, Oh, what are the greatest novel of all time? But like, I really think that that dude does not care what I think. Right. Which is really <laughs> what you want. Right. Mm. Like I, he, he I, and I don't care that he doesn't care. Right. Like he needs to not care. It's like as a real artist, you have to be true to what's in there. Right. Whether I'm sitting here being like ridiculous or not or being like amazing. It doesn't matter what I think. Like he's got the story in him and he's got to get it out as pure as he can. Right. But these things, these these comics so far, I just keep feeling like I'm watching like bad acting. Right. Like they it's like the actors keep glancing at the camera, uh, you know, and I'm just like, you're in, you are in a film. Right. Like what? It's like what well, it makes me feel like. Yeah, there's a good analogy for that fish. So it's the that same house has been in the neighborhood for 30 years. You know, they painted the outside again. They put an addition on. You know, they paved the driveway. They changed landscaping. It's still the same house. But if you really want something interesting, you demolish the house, or or it's the same neighborhood. You build a new house. You know, the same people are in the same neighborhood. You recognize the landscape. You know, you're kind of familiar with it, but it's something new. I mean, you can't just go to the house, walk in and go, hey, look, they put a new coat of paint in all the rooms and change the furniture. Great. <laughs> you know, it's it's and you have to also as a writer, make sure you get all the details right. You know where you've come from. And if you need it, you can call back to it and it's consistent. So yeah. you have, you know, on the one hand, okay, well, you, they've done their research and they know what they're talking about for the new story. On the other hand, it's a new story. These are new characters. Mm. This is something new created. And if you're trying to walk that fine line between the two, the story ends up being about that big. So there's no mm. room to really do anything right. with it. Yeah, and I want to be on record of saying, there but for the grace of God go I, right? I don't want to mm. have to carry the mantle, right? Like it's, yeah. That's too <laughs> much, right, for... Because you got people like idiots like me out here being like, that's not correct at all. Like, it, well, uh, you know, so I don't want to have to deal with those those people, you know? I know. And being a writer, I'm very conscious of it. I am not God's gift to writing. I know I've made mistakes. And it's one of these things, though, that it's like people like J.M. Lee. He 
agonizes over trying to get the details right. Mm. But I, I kind of know him, so I know that he does. Like uh, he was talking about on Facebook one time about how he's trying to figure out how astronomy works when you have triple suns and mm. stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, I this is that. serious attention to detail. And I respect that, and that comes through through the writing. What bothered me about this book is it's like, I know what they were trying to do do with, you know, kind of bringing back the old villains kind of thing. And you're trying to almost set up for Beneath the whole time with power is what I felt like. But we didn't need the Skeksis and the Uru back. It would have been just as good a story without them. The whole thing with the cracking the crystal and it becoming dark and then suddenly Skeksis pour out. I'm like, I thought the Urskeks went back to their planet. There's no reason for this to happen on mm. their planet because even though they're connected, they're not connected to that point that suddenly they turn separate. And also they said the Uru were still there. And I'm like, no, not at the end of the film they weren't. And I tried. It's yeah. one of those things I'm like, suspension of disbelief. This is a different thing. I almost feel like it's a Marvel alternate universe is what I feel like. And when I try yeah. to read it from that perspective, I'm a little better. But I think that Beneath has a lot of potential because of the fact that it's like it's set up for Beneath, but Beneath could be something a little bit different. I don't think there are going to be any Uru or Skeksis in Beneath, which is why I get excited about it. And that's why I like reading the first one. Yeah, Yeah. something new, something new and different kind of. Yes, yeah. um, That separates from the main kind of remaking of the plot yeah and i think it's going to be really interesting to know as we go through you know beneath what will be sort of the big threat um or you know the antagonist of the story and i mean we sort of got got that a little bit towards the end um when uh nita um so basically of course we've got um uh, kensho and tula uh they've sort of gone off and they're sort of um as ethan i i'll just quote what ethan you know as a humanitarian mission um you know to sort of you know Mm-hmm. go off with um with the dragon beast um and um mm-hmm. and, and then we get to um uh to therma and mithra and they're basically crowning going to crown her as the ember queen and i know that originally they would have three queens that to, sort of took over uh, mithra but because uh there's only um uh therma who's uh you know a queen and then uh fiola uh is working in the council. Well, she is an Ember Queen, but she decided to work in, you know, in the council. And then this third character um, actually just popped up at the end, just as she, as Therma was about to be crowned. And uh, Nita sort of pops up and says that, you know, that she's the, the sole heir of, um, of uh, Charlin and, and, and Salura. Um, and which is, you know, really interesting sort of setting things up, um, you know, between Nita and, um, and Therma. Um, but what's interesting now, it's like, well, you've got, you actually got three Ember Queens, you know, all together now. It's like, you know, instead of having the fighting that they're probably going to have, you could just have um, them three sort of, you know, working together, you know? <laughs> it would be nice. I, yeah. Too much I thought about that. At, 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 at that final much. scene, which was the big, <laughs> the big conflict, the big like surprise last thing. I was like, oh, well, now you have the three. Yeah, they just be homies. And, you know? that's, that's gonna be the first page of the next. Episode. Oh, 
Oh, one, two. Oh, we're good. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. That'd be if, awesome. yeah. If they wanted to stick to two tradition, hey. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but, but, but they have been saying the things way, like things need to change. Mm, the yeah. Way true. They yeah. Drew her, they drew her as the villain, though. Yeah. That that that's that's the thing. I mean, I okay. I, I've got to say this nicely. She has a very witchy face. <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and actually, one of my observations, um, if you looked at the first... Which face? <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, I actually, when I was rereading Beneath last night, the first couple of pages when you see the the, um, the filings, you actually see Nita in the first panel because she's actually like flying off somewhere, um, which was sort of like a kind of cool thing. I didn't, you know, notice it until I, you know, reread it the second or third time, uh, which is kind of cool. And I know um, also... Um, I, I think you probably notice, uh, Jason, or maybe Fisher, any of you guys, um, that um, they've actually um, uh, uh, mis- misnamed uh, one of the, the heirs of the filings. Um, so in Beneath, um, it's challenged Salura um, with mm-hmm. Salura, but in Power of the Dark Crystal, it's Saluna. Um, so I've just noticed, you know, that unfortunately there's been a misspelling with, mm-hmm. with Saluna or Salura. And um, I'd be very curious if that's going to be fixed up or, or whether it's actually <gasps> or a different character. There, or I'm, was it a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, actually, that actually happened to me, Fish. I was like, is it the same character or was yeah. there another story there? And then I was like, I, it's, I'm probably reading too much into this or maybe I just imagined the other spelling yeah. or something. <laughs> I mean... But you all as writers, like, aren't you writing for, like, the nerds like me of the world who'll be like, this is unbelievable. I think I can't believe it. It's a, it's uh, a I mean, aren't you concerned we, about or aware that I'm out there well, being a moron somewhere uh, in the world? Like, I don't have a very large fan base, unfortunately, like, yet. But I, it does come to my mind because every now and again, I'm going to write something that's going to be wrong. Like especially because in my blood rain series there's a lot there's a very complex universe and a complex magic system and i'm bound to get something wrong eventually and it's one of those things i was actually talking out with my husband and i was like you know what i'm gonna have to do is if someone calls me out and tries to come up with a good explanation why this would happen i'd be, be like yes that's very astute um Yes, that's exactly what I was going for. I meant to do right. that. Mm. Yes. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're writers. We don't yeah. always, we don't, I mean, we know our universe better than other people do. Mm. We even know our inspiration for our universe, but that doesn't mean occasionally we don't make a mistake. Yes, yeah. I think sure. probably with this one, it was just a spelling error. I mean, I think so, who too. does, yeah. who does uh, Power and who does um, Beneath? It looks like... Um, they're different authors. Yeah, yeah the, different the author writers. was yeah. Adam yeah, Smith of yeah. Beneath Dark Crystal. Yeah. And then Simon Spurrier and Philip Kennedy Johnson did Power. Yeah. And when and, things yeah. chance, there's bound to be a mistake mm. or two. I'm yeah. I'm hoping that's just a spelling error and either they'll correct it or they'll just own it and just keep going that mm. way. And the smooth hope- way to do that is to say, like, this is the way that the firelings pronounce it. The other way is the way they yeah, don't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. right. Like in Texas, we that's say Ethernet. Exactly. Go ahead, get away with that. Yeah. Ethernet or something weird like that. Right. But but to, to go back to what uh, you know, Fish is asking about you know, why I like these things and why. Yes, I'm. I'm. I, I can. I'm, I'm not a writer, but I'm a consumer, mm. big heavy consumer. And so when it comes to comic books, I usually have the more 
grace because it's fast. It's more fast action. It's more um, there's less words. So so I'm usually a little more lenient on that's not quite canon. Okay, you you called all those things ages. Well, those aren't technically ages. So mm. I just kind of assume like oh, they're probably just talking about time periods. I'm not going to go too technical with that. Yeah. You know, I want to though. I want to trust me. Yeah. But I usually <laughs> break from that. But when, when you get some more novel stuff, even junior novels, you know, I do expect because you have more time, you have those three, four paragraphs for the rehash this. And I do expect more of that. And, and thankfully, you know, I think Jan Lee has delivered that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And as a writer, I, you know, want to be internally consistent. So, for example, uh, in my second draft of my first novel, I realized I had two characters, a pair of characters in two places at the same time. So caught that in a draft before it gets out. That's very important. So when you are creating something, uh, it has to be internally consistent. And if it's consistent with the previous canon, that also is a, you know, just as important. Um, but this is why you have a team that, you know, copy editors, line editors um, who are going over this. It's why, you know, in television they have, uh, you know, grips who make sure that, you know, the coffee cup is on that table in the scene where it was before. And if there is a mistake, you own up to it and go, well, the next version won't have it. But hopefully those are few and yeah. far between so that people can go, oh, they're human. Great. Uh, the story so was fantastic. Just the make special editions amazing. of the movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, no, that's no, not one of my kidding, kidding. Kidding. Uh, <laughs> That's what I said on my Sorry. Facebook rant. My Facebook rant, I said, look, <laughs> yeah. we're a group of people. We are a group of people who if you put a sock on our hand and go like this, we go, it's alive. Uh, so I don't think we're that concerned with like like art at the end of the day I'm gonna be like that's whatever spelling mistakes it's whatever like I'm a story guy right like yeah. you give me plot you you say you show me what happens from a character to point A to point B and I'm in you know what I'm saying so like I said I'm I'm never that stuff's never break uh, you know make or break for me but no. the canon I have probably hold a little bit more near and dear to my heart uh, just because I've I've turned into it's it's the only thing I collect and really am consumed with on some level you know is the Dark Crystal so. I think I probably give it an unfair uh, chance sometimes, but but this talk's been good. I feel a little yeah. more hopeful. I feel lighter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so maybe we're headed in a good direction. Yeah, I, I, and I and I think so too. And I and I think maybe with that, um, we we'll, might as well we can wrap up um our discussion of beneath the dark crystal issue one. Um, I guess we, we might as well go for everyone one more time of just about just our final final thoughts on issue one. Um. Uh, and 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 then we'll uh, you know uh, find find out how we can all um, uh, find you guys online. So I might start with yourself, uh, Nancy. Just your final words on beneath the dark crystal issue one. I'm very much looking forward to seeing where it goes with issue two. I think it was kind of a wrap up of um, for those who hadn't read Power of the Dark Crystal. I think it was sufficient in kind of wrapping that up, getting you in the universe, and I think that. Um, it's going to be a good series, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what direction they take with it. Cool. And uh, and yourself, uh, Jason? Uh, like I had previously said in my review, not too much was revealed, and so I am. they did make me very curious, very, very curious. And, you know, I, I do hope that the only time we see Skeksis and Uru are on these awesome David Peterson yeah. variant covers. <laughs> That's the only time yeah. I want to see them because man, so good. But yeah. but but besides that, yeah, there's a lot of curiosity. I'm not really sure where it's going, uh, but I am very hopeful. Cool, excellent. And yourself, Fish? Yeah, I think uh, you know, it's like hopeful with a, a question mark. Uh, hopeful? 
you know, I, I don't want to be too cringy when I when I think about these things, man. But like I said, I'm uh, this is probably one of the nearest and dearest things in my heart. So I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm going to continue to try to give it a fair shot and try to be as open minded as I can. So I think that uh, I'm I'm hopeful as well that the that these characters are only on the cover also. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out because I'm interested in seeing something new and and seeing where it goes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and yourself, Peter. Final words on uh, beneath the dark crystal. I'm excited. I, I really liked what was put in front of me, and I, you know, went page to page, and I went right through the whole thing. Not once did I go, "Oh, should I find out about this?" Or, you know, maybe I should read *The Power of the Dark*. Nope. Story had me from the get-go, and I was curious by the end. I was excited, as I said. So I think that, you know, just having this wonderful, wonderful art uh, that's not calling back to the original *Dark Crystal*. Uh, but, you know, taking a, a cleaner direction, as I said, is exactly where it needs to go. So issue two, like everybody says, bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, as for myself with uh, final words, yeah, like I, I enjoyed issue one overall. I thought it was a good sort of, I think I probably mentioned it earlier, sort of a good reintroduction um, to the Dark Crystal. And I'm very interested to, to find out what happens um, to next um, with issue two and, and what happens beyond and what, you know, for me, it's like who would be what's going to be the threat for Thra and potentially Mithra as well. Um, so, you know, it's all, you know, a bit political, I guess, you know, amongst the Gelflings and amongst the Filings as well of what to do next. So, um, so we've got, you know, uh, there's tw 12 um, issues uh, for this series that's happening. So we've got 11 more to go. Um, so that's it's really exciting that we're getting so much mm -hmm. more Dark Crystal. And at least sort of this comic is sort of, you know, um, going to, you know, keep us distracted while we're still waiting for Age Resistance stuff to, to pop up. Um, and of course, with Jamie Lee's book, you know, mm -hmm. coming later this year in December. So we have got so much to look forward to. And so without further ado, I just want to say thank you so much for watching or listening to The Gathering Songs, episode 21. And hope you stay tuned for the next episode. Um, so go one more time, Nancy, um, how can the listeners or viewers, uh, find more about your work? Um, uh, well, I've got, uh, nancygray.blogspot.com, which is my, um, blog basically. Um, be on the lookout around August 31st. I have the first, um, basically, uh, installment of my series, Spine Chillers, uh, coming out on um, Amazon. It's for pre-order right now, Spine Chillers Scarecrow. It's a mid-grade horror series. And um, and you can find me at Facebook. That's writer Nancy Gray, but yeah. Nancy Gray is my pin name. Look for me under that and you'll find me. I'm doing uh, mid-grade horror, doing mid-grade fantasy, and um, I have a completed young adult fantasy trilogy called that starts with Blood Rain. Yeah. And you can find that on Amazon too if you like um, treehouse villages and um, heroic females going on a a quest to find to defeat a big bad, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And and of course, a lot of fantasy RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Nancy and Jason. Um, how can people find um uh, with your YouTube videos for the Dark Crystal Conjunction? youtube.com forward slash the dark crystal conjunction 
I do try to put out a new video once a week. Sometimes mm -hmm. I do two a week. That's pretty rare. Yeah, uh, I've been slacking these last couple of weeks, but it's that's good, normally the schedule I try to go for. Uh, I also am on, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram on Dark Crystal C-O-N-J, because conjunction was too mm. long. But uh, a lot of people ask questions there. I always talk back to people. I also, you can find me on Facebook. I'm in the Dream Fasting group. Uh, I'd love to talk all things Dark Crystal. So yeah. please uh, drop by again. And, and also, I guess for any of the listeners or viewers, um, Dream Fasting, the Dark Crystal Experience, it's a Facebook group um, that you can just check out. I think if you go on Facebook and if you just do a search for Dream Fasting, um, you should be able to find in the top search results uh, to become a part of the group. And there's so much Dark Crystal discussion that occurs um, on that group on a daily basis, um, which is really exciting. And so with yourself, Fish, um, how can um, viewers or listeners uh, find, find you on the internet? <laughs> sure. Uh, so I don't do a lot of Dark Crystal creative, creative stuff. I'm a singer <laughs> and I write lyrics. So if you're interested, you can always check me out at facebook.com slash Fish rocks music because that's uh, that's what I do. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Or if you hit me up on Facebook, like I said, I'm in the Dream Fasting group as well. Always looking to talk with fellow Dream Fasters. Excellent. And and uh, last but not least, uh, Peter, how can people find more about your work and and your um uh, your novels that you've been working on with the Dwim Saga? Um, you can just go to my website. It's www.dwimsaga.com. That's D W double i double m saga.com and i update it the 13th of every month and give you an idea of what's going on where i'm going with that um that's always the best way to contact me and my email is also on the site so and i also hang out in uh dream fasting quite a lot although i have taken a step back from social media for the rest of the year so i can work on writing my books yep no fair enough and and as always it's always um great to have you on the show and again, yeah, just, just want to say thank you, everyone, Nancy, Jason, uh, Fish, and Peter. Thank you so much for participating in this first roundtable YouTube video um, for Beneath hey, the Dark thank, Crystal issue. Thank you for putting it on. That's all right. No. Yeah. Absolutely. You're the real hero here, Philip. <laughs> totally. Thank you so much. All right. That's all. So stay tuned for the next episode and um, take care. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Take care. Nice to see everybody. Yep. <laughs> see y'all, thanks. Bye. You've already taken too long, Delfling. Hurry! At last, the crystal calls. It is time. Time to return to the castle. The crystal calls! To the crystal chamber! So that's all the time that we have for this episode of Trial by Stone. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcasts at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. We're also on Twitter at darkcrystalpod. We're also on Instagram at darkcrystalpodcast. Um, if you enjoyed the show and think that others will love it too, uh, please write a review on iTunes or on Facebook as well. Um, it'll, I'll greatly appreciate that. And if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, hit the like button and subscribe. Thank you all so much. And come back next time for more Trial by Stone.